Life Audio. Hi, friends. I'm Dana Shea, and you're listening to Real Relationship Talk. Let's face it, you guys. Conversations about sex can be really awkward. They can be awkward with your spouse, and they can definitely be awkward to have with friends. Today, I wanted us to be able to have a conversation that was not awkward, but authentic, that was actually deep, and that would actually help you to be able to have these conversations, these necessary conversations about your sexual intimacy with your spouse. I am so happy to have back to the podcast, Dan Purcell and his wife, Emily. Sean is actually also on the podcast. So the four of us had an amazing conversation and we were talking all about sexual intimacy. We were talking about the issues that we've each faced in our own sexual intimacy. And then we were talking about how we have been able to come to a place where having these conversations are a little less awkward. So if you've never heard Sean on a podcast, Sean is my better half. We have been married for almost 25 years, you guys. This is our 25th year coming up in July of 2024. And he is always a treat. Whenever Sean is on the podcast, my podcast numbers always increase. You guys love hearing from him. So welcome back, hubby. And then we also have Dan and Emily Purcell. And so Dan is a tech entrepreneur turned app creator. He is the founder of the Intimately Us app. But Dan doesn't just have that one app. He also has multiple apps. Just Between Us is another app that he created to help couples to have these private flirtatious conversations together. He also created an app called Life After Pornography. So you can find all the information about Dan and Emily and his app. And he also has a podcast called Get Your Marriage On. Dan has been a guest on our show before. I've also been a guest on his podcast. And our conversations are always so enlightening. I am so excited to bring you guys into this intimate conversation about having conversations about sex with friends. This is going to be fun. This is going to be an experiment. (laughs) Dan, I am so happy to have you back here and to be able to meet your lovely bride, Emily, for the first time. I know that you guys are a unit. You're homeschooling, which is fun. Um, Six kids. Tell me the ages again. They're 17 or 18 is the oldest in college. So it's 18, 17. 13. 11, almost nine and six. That is a lot. You guys have absolutely been intimate. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And um, no, that's so fun. We have four kids and we have two out of the house now. So our oldest is 24. He's living on his own. And then our daughter, Kayla, is a senior in college. So she's almost on her own. She actually just left the other day to Mm -hmm. go back to school. And then we have the two Hebrew boys, as we call them, the two uh, teenagers, 16 and 14. Busy, busy. I know you guys can relate to that. So mm-hmm. let's just talk like off the bat. We want to have conversations about intimacy. And even before we started recording, Sean was like, do you talk to your friends about sex? I was like, not really. <laughs> and he was like, yeah, I don't either. <laughs> so I was like, okay, well, this podcast might be a bust. But um, I want to talk about even in your relationship, because I think that there are a lot of couples, married couples who, you know, they know that sexual intimacy is a big part of marriage, but they find those conversations about intimacy uncomfortable. So a lot of what you do, Dan, with the app is helping couples to not only become more intimate, but then to also really be more intentional about even those conversations. So talk to us a little bit about, first of all, your relationship. Like, have you always been very open about your own intimacy with one another? Uh, absolutely not. <laughs> it was a journey for us. Too. Totally. Mm-hmm. 
I think it's sometimes easier to talk to a complete stranger about your sex life mm -hmm. than your own spouse. Like, I just think like we go skiing, you're on a ski lift, you get on with a stranger for like 15 minutes going up the hill. Like that person will open up their heart, tell you all the things that are going on in their life. And then at the top of the hill, you don't see each other again, right? They go on his side of the hill, you go on your side of the hill and you can have really, you can share all the details of your intimate life with that person on the ski lift with you because you'll never see him again. <laughs> it's yeah. easy. Yeah. But in your own marriage, it's a lot harder because the stakes are a little higher because you live with the person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think for us, I don't think we like sit down at 7 p.m. and say, let's talk about our intimacy. Um, and then we were also not raised in households mm -hmm. where those conversations were, were very common. And so to talk about like our sex life, it's kind of like, you know, we'll do it. Like we'll have sex, but we don't necessarily need to like talk about all the things. Mm -hmm. And so how do you feel, Sean? How yeah, I think we've over the years gotten better. I, mean, I don't talk to outside people about our sex life at all. I mean, especially friends. I've never done that because... Um, Even as a teenage boy, you didn't do it? I, I never did because, I, I mean, I, I would be around so many guys that would, and I'm like, man, they're lying. Mm -hmm. and, you know, and I don't want people to look at me that way or have a view about whoever I might be involved with. Mm -hmm. You know, I have a certain view about that. And so I definitely won't do it now because I don't want anybody looking at you and thinking about different things yeah so yeah that makes sense <laughs> calling all wives make that all wives who want a more fulfilling marriage our next thrive wives group is receiving applications now if you're tired of feeling like you're the only one working on your marriage tired of making changes and seeing little to no results tired of forcing yourself to love a man you don't always like you need to join Thrive Wives. Thrive Wives is a safe and a supportive online group where you'll benefit from seasoned and wise marriage coaches who bring proven strategies to help improve your relationship. Build meaningful connections with like-minded wives on a similar journey and share each other's challenges and triumphs. This is your tribe. Apply today at danashay.com forward slash Thrive Wives. That's D-A-N-A-C-H-E dot com forward slash Thrive Wives. Spaces are limited and when they're gone, they're gone. So apply today at DanaShay.com forward slash Thrive Wives. So let's talk a little bit like to your point, Sean, like I think that we are supposed to be like, if you have close friendships, like you're in community with people and your life should be an open book to a certain extent, you should feel comfortable enough to have kind of deeper water conversations with your friends. But what's y'all's take on like having conversations about your sex life with friends? So I feel strongly that it's really important to keep the marriage unit strong. And it's really easy if you start to open up and get comfortable with other people, even with your friends, to talk about things that are sacred with us. I don't know. I feel like there's a little bit of a playground where the adversary can come in and thwart this unit of, of our commitment and our covenant that we have strong, right? If we go outside of that, it's really kind of a dangerous place to go because if that does become more easy to talk to somebody else, 
easy to open up like, oh, I know that I don't have anything. Uh, you're not going to treat me bad or I don't have any, you know, stakes against me when I talk to you about my sex life. I think being open and sharing our heart with others is really important. But if it's outside of our unit, I think there's some danger there. No. Yeah. I think that's a great point, Emily. I think if to your point, like if I feel more comfortable talking about my sexual needs with a girlfriend, right? Like, obviously I hope we all know, like you shouldn't talk about like your, your sexual needs with like a male friend or someone of an opposite gender, but even a good best friend, right? If I feel more comfortable talking to my best friend about those things, then it does, I think, introduce maybe something that I don't even realize I'm planting a seed toward. And it does take away. So I, I agree with that. And I think the reason that we haven't, like, you know, Sean said, he's just never really done that. I think for me, it's because there is something that's private. Like I am an open book. I mean, this podcast is called Real Relationship Talk, right? Oh, so that's true. I'm very yeah. open. I'm very transparent. But there's still some things I think that that do remain need to remain private. And so I don't think that there should be any kind of like, you know, guilt or like maybe I should be having these conversations if that doesn't come naturally. There are couples who are very free with like just talking about sex all the time with whomever is around. And so I really want this conversation to be also for them to maybe help them to develop some better boundaries. So your point, Emily, I think is is well received that there has to be a limit to protect mm-hmm. the the marriage. Yeah. If I can add to that just a little bit, we find the truth by trying to solve a paradox, right? And on one hand, it's sacred, like, you, you want to preserve something. If it's special, you're going to keep it special. It's like our secret that we're going to keep between us only. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, and this is just my own experience, our own journey to improving intimacy in our marriage started because I had a friend opened up to me about his sex life. And he was telling me about all the wonderful and fun things he and his wife were doing in some level of detail. Mm-hmm. And I... I was shocked. I was blushing the whole conversation, right? Because these aren't typical conversations I have. Yeah. And he wasn't saying it like to brag or to boast, mm-hmm. kind of like locker room talk. It wasn't like that at all. It was really because he was trying to tell me or teach me that like once he and his wife really started improving their sexual relationship, everything else in their marriage improved. And he was mm-hmm. just illustrating that. And I'm forever grateful for that conversation because that made me really think about our relationship and what I had no idea what we were missing out on Mm. until a friend opened up about that too. So I think there's a time and a place where you Mm -hmm. can share. Mm -hmm. If you're going to friends to complain, I think that's different than like opening up to friends like, Hey, this is really good. This is really important, but you don't go casting your pearls before swine, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Right. You got to be judicious on who you're opening up to, but your story and your experience with your sexual experiences that can really bless and help other people. No, that's good. That's the other side of the coin. I think that your friend shared with a purpose, mm-hmm. right? He wasn't just like you said, he wasn't just like, let me tell you about what, what, what me and my wife are doing. Like he was telling <laughs> with a purpose. And that is, isn't that what launched the Intimately, the Intimately Us app? Dan? Everything. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. Launch, get your marriage on everything. Uh-huh. 
I love it. I love it. So of course, we're going to talk about the app because I really want people to download that. Um, we have it, you know, I think I met you like two years ago or whatever. And so like the first conversation, I was like, this is what we need, because I think that sometimes these conversations are uncomfortable because even like with your spouse, like, Mm -hmm. because people just don't know where to start. It's like, what do I say? Mm -hmm. I have these desires or I have these needs and I really don't even know how to put them into words. And then of course, and we've talked about this before the last time you were on the show, Dan, like if you have the whole like religious background Mm -hmm. conversation in your mind, like I shouldn't even be desiring these things. I shouldn't even be feeling these things. And so your app and just everything that you do really has really, I think, just helped me and has helped. I know so many couples to be able to start to broach these conversations, even in their own marriage. I just want to thank you for that. So we're going to take a quick break for a word from our sponsor. You guys, if you have not subscribed to the Real Relationship Talk podcast yet, go ahead and take this time to do that. We will be right back. Okay. (laughs) We are back, you guys. We are here with Dan and Emily Purcell. You guys have six kids and you've been married how long again? 20 years. 20 years. Is this year 20 or is this year 21? So 21. We're in our 21st year right now. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. That's such a big accomplishment these days. Mm -hmm. You know, like we meet people all the time and, you know, they're always like, you've been married how long? Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, people just don't stay together that much anymore. So, Mm -hmm. all right. I want to segue a little bit into talking about the differences. We're all Christians. So talking about the differences between like how the world addresses conversations about intimacy and how we as believers should be addressing these conversations about intimacy. So let's talk a little bit about, first of all, all the stuff that we see in culture. Like, (laughs) I mean, it is just the wild, wild West, as you all know. And there's so much um, sexual saturation I think that's going on right now. Every song, like I turn it on the radio, I try to kind of at least, I don't want to listen to the music, but I want to know the artist because we have teenagers. So I want to know kind of like what's going on, right? And I was trying to listen to like just a regular song that was on the regular radio, right? And I was like, I cannot believe this is on the radio. Like, I'm not approved, but I just, I cannot believe that this is what, and I, I was like, I, I can't listen to it just because there's so much, there is a messaging that is happening with not just our young people, but like all of us that are exposed to this culture, that sex is first of all, not a big deal. You have it with whoever it's like, you know, I meet somebody, they're cute. Let's go have sex. Like, I don't even know your last name. And so I think that there is a major difference between obviously how the world does it and how we should do it. So what are y'all's like opinions and Sean, you can chime in too. Like what are y'all's opinions on how as believers we can have conversations about sex without it being raunchy or without it turning into something that God never intended for it to be? So I agree with you. The world tends to cheapen sex. It, it makes it um, casual or it makes it so it's so taboo. You can't talk about it. It's one or the other. <laughs> and so your question, how do you talk about it as believers? I, I think um, if you don't have a gospel context, mm. I think you would totally go with what the world says about sex is for fun. It's kind of a free for all. I mean, it's the whole eat, drink and be merry kind of a philosophy, right? Mm-hmm. But when you put it in a gospel context and you look at it like, no, God has a plan and there's definitely 
a purpose to why we have families and that the role that sex plays in you know, strengthening bonds and marriage, for example. But that being said, I also believe sex is for fun. I, I mean, it can be terribly, wonderfully fun and, and <laughs> in the best way possible. But it's really in the right context. So context matters tremendously. And I, I believe uh, the, the best context or the only real context for sex is in a committed marriage. That, that's what I believe the Bible says. It's very clear. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when you're within that context, there's a lot of freedom within it. Mm-hmm. And the part that the world never talks about is the heartache. They don't talk about the pains, the difficulties. They don't talk about the insecurities and all the other problems that come with treating sex so casually. Mm-hmm. Like we were talking the other day about a couple that um, they decided to, oh, it wasn't between you and I. It's a conversation I have with someone else. This couple kind of prominent in Utah where we live, they announced publicly they're opening up their marriage and kind of talking about some of their experiences with that. And a few months later they're divorcing. So mm-hmm. like, the world likes to like, hey, if you open your marriage, there's more excitement. And they try to sell you a bill of goods, but it really leaves you empty because it's outside of the context that it was ordained for or set for. So yeah. that's what I see. Yeah. You know, it's interesting that you say that the whole like it would be more exciting because I feel like there's a lot of people who feel like obviously we don't feel this way, but there are a lot of people who feel like how can you have sex with the same person for 21 years or 25 years? It'll be for us this year. You know, how can you actually, what what is fun about that? You know? So it's like the other side is like the more people that you have sex with, the more uh, different experiences you are involved in, like that must be more fun. And what you're saying, Dan, and what we know to be true is that you can actually have a lot of fun with the same person and reinvent yourself mm-hmm. and re you know, find new things, like find new positions, find new. I mean, you talk about all of this in the app, you know, like finding new positions and making it a game and making it interesting. And I think that like that level of commitment to not just doing the do, but actually like improving on it. I think is more interesting than you finding some random person every three or four weeks and, you know, just having that that experience with some random person that you may never, ever see again. All right. So if I'm if I'm tracking right, what I'm hearing you guys say is Christians can have fun having sex. I mean, it doesn't have to be missionary. It doesn't right. have to be. I mean, you can do other stuff. Right. And it's OK. It is. It is. Yeah. And I think that as which long I as, agree with. Yeah. You know, I mean, we don't have the problem, but I think a lot of people get caught up in as a Christian, I can only, it has to be super modest, Mm -hmm. you know, and we can't do any of that stuff out there. You know, you can't do that. You know, it it defiles whatever, what I've heard, all types of stuff. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And I think that as long as there's no hurt, like you're not mm -hmm. hurting one another, I think as long as you're not bringing things into the marriage bed Mm -hmm. that are sadistic or that are trending toward like things that would be outside. I think every Christian has an inner knowing of like, okay, Mm -hmm. this doesn't feel right. Like this is probably not good for us. Mm -hmm. I think anytime, obviously that you're introducing any other people, you know, Mm -hmm. even 
on you know porn obviously like they might not be physically present with you but like anything that you're doing like that i think is totally outside of god's will and desire for a, a clean good healthy fun experience with you and your spouse so with this couple that you were talking about dan like i don't know if you you don't know them personally i don't know but Okay. So I'm just curious as to like, you know, we've heard about like Will and Jada Smith, you know, like they've been in the news a lot, you know, and they've been kind of rumored for a long time to have had this open marriage. It's interesting that people think that like going outside of your marriage will actually bring more satisfaction to your marriage. And that, that to me, I've never really understood like that whole line of thinking. No. And I don't think it works for two reasons. First is I believe something happens on a biological level, on a physiological level, when you have sex with someone. There's very much of a bonding component that's just part of sexual yeah. intimacy. I think those that go outside of their marriage to seek excitement are doing it because, to be frank, there are challenges that come with maintaining sexual desire in a long-term relationship. Mm -hmm. It's challenging to keep desire high when you're married to someone for a long time. So it's Christians, we believe in monogamy for life. So you're going to run into the challenges of trying to keep desire high. So when you're confronting with the challenges of maintaining sexual desire, a lot of times the grass seems greener on the other side if you can remove that constraint and go seek a new relationship elsewhere. Because relationships are always exciting in the beginning. Sure. Mm -hmm. But you rob yourself of the personal growth that comes from the constraint of, all right, I've struggled with desire. I can go outside and find it again, but it's not going to last because right. you'll always run into desire problems in any long-term relationship. So how do I deal with the challenges of maintaining and building and strengthening desire within the long-term relationship is going to forge your character. You're going to learn how to be more godlike, godly. Uh, you're going to learn how to be more humble. You're going to learn how to be more submissive. And I don't mean that in a sexual context. His attributes are forged in the constraint of, okay, I can go outside to kind of have some excitement, but and now I need to create that excitement in this long-term marriage here. Yeah. yeah. And it's a stumbling that happens because you haven't done it before. There's the conversations that you end up having together to confront those desired differences or challenges they don't feel great. They're hard to have, but that's where we grow. We grow in having those conversations. Our relationship changes because we're dealing with and confronting something hard together. That's so good, Emily. I think the growth, like as, as you both were talking, that's the word that just kept coming to me is that we grow. Like that's the whole purpose of marriage is, you know, I say all the time, marriage is God's tricky little discipleship tool. You know, he wants to make us more like him. He wants us to grow up and grow into who he has created us to be. And when we're constantly sidestepping that process, going outside of our marriage, whether it's going to a friend and talking about our marriage problems, not even sexual problems, but just, you know, we won't even talk about the regular marriage problems. We're going outside of our marriage to talk about that, or whether in a sexual context, we are going outside of our marriage to try to get that need met. And I also think that, you know, the object of love is never supposed to be us. It's supposed to be our spouse. So if I'm looking at Sean and I'm like, you know, I have these unfulfilled desires, that's me focusing on me, centering me. 
And so I'm going to go outside of my marriage and meet my desires like that. What a selfish, what a selfish, unloving thing to do. But to be able to go to my spouse and say, listen, these are some desires that I have. And I want us to be able to talk about these desires because I love you. I want you to know this information about me so that I can also be to you what you need me to be. Mm-hmm. And I think that is where it really differentiates between like believers and non. When you're in the world, you're taught it everything's about you. You're self-made. It's me and my, you know, me, myself and I, do you, boo, all that stuff, right? When you come into the the church, when you come into when you become a follower of Jesus Christ, it's not just about you any longer. Um, it's about us. We're always a unit. So if something's not working with me, then something's not working with us. And I, if I really love my spouse, need to be able to figure out, okay, how do I communicate that? And you're right, Emily, those conversations are hard and they're awkward. And I don't know. I mean, what, what, how do you, how do you. Why would it be awkward? I'm not, I mean, it's not awkward. I think for me, honestly, like real talk, like sometimes like, like there was something like um, not to be like super graphic, but the, like there was something that Sean was doing that I could tell he thought that I would like that. Um, and I just really wasn't like excited about it, you know? So I was like, do I just kind of like let that keep happening or do I like let him know? Cause I could tell that he was like, she's going to like that, you know? And I was like, I just not really doing anything for me. And so I had to like tell him like, you know, and so the awkwardness for me, I think, is pro- trying to protect your feelings. Because obviously when you're talking about sex, that's like the deepest part, you know, for someone, right? So especially, and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, but for men, I feel like y'all's ego might be a little bit more fragile than ours as mm-hmm. women. <laughs> so, so the awkwardness is like, I don't want to be like, what are you doing? That is not, that does not feel good. You know? So it's like the awkwardness is trying to present the conversation in a way that you don't feel put down mm-hmm. or you don't mm-hmm. feel like you're not doing something right, but also still being able to say like, this isn't really working for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Go ahead. I think that there's some, there's definitely truth in that. Like we need to be kind to each other, but at the same time, he's adult. Yeah. Ego's (laughs) the enemy, right? He can handle it. Yeah. If I don't stand up for me, there's nobody else that will stand up for me. Yeah. So there is a two sided to this, right? We don't want to be mean in it. Right. We want to be courageous. Yeah. Yeah. It's that balance. Yep. And I can appreciate the honesty because I want to know if it's not working. I mean, I don't want to be going around thinking I'm doing something and it's like, all righty, that was a waste of your time and my time. So yeah, I appreciate the honesty and then, you know, tell me what works and then I can focus on pleasing you. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. That's a good point. That's a good point. So Dan, I know that we have, you know, we're depending on when you all are listening to this podcast, we are approaching the month of February, the month of love, the month of intimacy and all the things. And I'm so excited that you are bringing back the Sextimacy Challenge. I've participated in this before. So tell us a little bit about what that is and then how can people actually get involved with that? Sounds good. So it's basically we're throwing a big party for 14 days leading up to Valentine's Day. You download the app called Intimately Us. It's free on the App Store and it has all the instructions in there. But basically, you can download it, your spouse downloads it, and you sync together your apps 
And then as a couple, you complete little challenges. They're easy, like five minutes a day to build intimacy. Mm-hmm. And you earn points by completing challenges. And then the more points you get, the more chances you have at winning a prize. And we have a lot of great prizes from a lot of wonderful sponsors. The grand prize is airfare for two to anywhere in the country. So I need to up my prize level, man. I'm thinking <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. So, oh, that's so exciting. And last year, over 12,000 couples participated. So this is not like some little, mm-hmm. you know, neighborhood function. This is like a yeah. pretty big deal. So do yeah, you have a goal? Big. Do you have a goal this year of how many couples 15, you want? 15,000 couples. I'd 15, love to have 15,000 couples intentionally every day for the 14 days uh, leading up to Valentine's Day of doing something to strengthen their marriage. And it can be something intimate. It can be something service-oriented, whatever it is. But every day I want couples to get in the habit of you know, turning towards each other and doing something to build their marriage. Love it. Love it. Are you up for the challenge? Let's do it. Let's do it. Well, this has been so great. I love meeting you, Emily. And it's always a pleasure to have you back, Dan. Of course, we'll continue to bring you back because this is just, you know, it's a conversation. I love this podcast is about intimacy, communication, and rebuilding trust. So, you know, this is a big container that we need to continue to talk about. So thank you guys so much. Thank you, Sean, for being here um, on this conversation today. Thank you. Well, that wraps up our conversation for today. Dan, Emily, Sean, thank you guys so much for being such amazing guests. Thanks for a fun conversation. Sean and I, after the interview, of course, continued the conversation off air. And we may have continued a few other things as well, which we will not talk about today. So you guys can find out all about the upcoming Sex Timacy Challenge. Again, depending on when you're listening to this podcast, the challenge starts on February 1st and it goes through February 14th. You can win some amazing prizes. I have actually sponsored some of the prizes that are going to be in that giveaway. Over 12,000 couples participated last year, you guys. And this year we are hoping for over 15,000 couples. So you can find all the information at getyourmarriageon.com. I will also link to all of Dan's information in the show notes of this podcast. So be sure to visit realrelationshiptalk.com so that you can find the show notes there. And also, I just want to thank my husband. Sean is not a lover of the microphone. He is not one who was like, hey, I want to be on every podcast episode, but I just really appreciate him being with us today. Also, I want to remind you wives, don't forget to sign up to apply to our next Thrive Wives cohort. It is going to be the best group that we've had so far. I'm super excited about it. We are launching in February, so you can find all the information at danashay.com forward slash Thrive So as we end every episode in saying, a good relationship is not one that works. A good relationship is one where you put in the work. Let's get to work, my friends. I will see you on the next episode. Take care.